Hi everyone, I'm your host, Jerry Mushono, and welcome to another episode of Peace, Be Still, a podcast that guides you towards finding peace in a chaotic world, peace that surpasses all understanding. Thank you for tuning in. I appreciate you. Make sure to follow me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube at Feel free to also visit our website www.njerimoshono.com for more information about what we do and also visit our online academy. I hope you enjoy the episode. Now let's dive right in. On the last episode, we talked about counting it joy when we go through trials. I stated that counting it all joy may seem quite impossible. However, when you stop focusing on external circumstances in pursuit of internal peace, you will almost always find yourself angry and bitter. I then explained to you that trials help in shaping your character by growing your endurance until such endurance is perfected. In conclusion, I stated that when you feel lost, you should seek God for direction and wisdom. You should also always remember to be still and to wait for an answer. Today, we will continue from where we left off and explore further the wisdom that comes from God. Let us start by defining what wisdom means. Here, I am referring specifically to divine wisdom, not earthly wisdom, intellectual wisdom, or devilish wisdom. You may have heard the term wisdom used quite often, but you truly do not understand its meaning. Let me take a minute and explain this to you. Divine wisdom is not academic, philosophical, or intellectual. It is almost always, it is also not synonymous with knowledge. Although wisdom requires knowledge, it is possible to possess knowledge without wisdom. In other words, one can be an educated fool. Yes, you had me right. One can be an educated fool. Unfortunately, our society is filled with educated individuals who lack true wisdom. We live in a generation that is highly skilled, highly knowledgeable, we're living in the information age and advanced, yet also marked by profanity, violence, and hedonism. We possess knowledge, but we lack divine wisdom. My friends, true wisdom begins and ends with Christ. We live in a world that prides itself on being wise. However, 
true wisdom begins with a specific kind of knowledge. You know, the fool says in his heart, there is no God. On the other hand, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. So to me, it is clear that wisdom stems from knowing Jesus, the source of all insight. The journey towards a wise life, if I may say so, living a wise life, starts by seeing God from the right perspective. Fearing God means revering Him and acknowledging His power and authority. You must believe that God is the one who establishes the rules and He has the final say. Many are the times when we think that that we can make the rules and then we can change them along the way and God can decide some things and then we can decide some others, you know? But that is not the right way to live. You must believe that God is the one who establishes the rules and has the final say. As the only source of true wisdom and our salvation, only in Him do we find treasures of wisdom to build our lives on. Without true reverence for God, we almost certainly always become arrogant. Do you understand what I mean? Have you seen people who are so knowledgeable, so bright, they're well-educated, they have all these certificates, but they are so arrogant because they believe that it is by their own strength that they have been able to accomplish these things. And that's the saying, a fool says in his heart, there is no God. But you, my friend, are wise and you want to seek divine wisdom. So, in pursuit of this, you need to realize, or it is important that I say this, that the fear I'm referring here I'm referring to here is not merely respect, nor does it imply terror or panic. Though, this should be assimilated to the fear of the Lord. When we think about God, the creator of the universe, it should fill us with terror and panic, right? We should have a good fear, like terror fear of God, because he can destroy us in a blink. However, that's a discussion for another day, right? The fear of the Lord signifies humility, reverence, and submission. Will you allow me to digress just a little bit and explain what humility means? Why, you may ask, do I want to explain humility? Because I have noted that people define humility as being modest, lowly, meek, and other such definitions which I call worldly definitions. However, this is not biblical. True humility requires some submission. Actually, let me rephrase that. True humility requires total submission to God. If you have followed the life of Jesus for a, any period of time, 
Jesus may not be your quintessential humble guy as per the definition in concordance. Right? Jesus was loud in everything that he did. When I say loud, I don't mean he was shouting. I just mean that everything he did did not scream lowly, meek, modest. There was a confidence in him, an assurance in him. And that is why he was not liked. Because there was a strength that was inside of him that many people could not understand. Therefore, the true meaning of humility is always bowing before God. When we bow before God for all our answers, we can stand before any man. Seeking God in each and everything you do is a sign of humility. Acknowledging God first in every single decision you make in your life is a sign that you're a person who is humble. Going to God, calling on him before any action you take in your life, then you're a person who I define as humble. It's no wonder Moses was referred to as most humble. Why? Because whenever the Israelites asked him a question, he always answered them by saying he needs to go and talk to God first. Moses always made decisions after he had consulted with God. So that is the true definition of humility. Now, let us get back to our conversation. As I was saying, the fear of the Lord is not merely respect. It is a deep reverence for who he is. Merely believing in God and his existence is not enough for you to say you fear the Lord. Yes, you believe that there is one God. Excellent. Very good. Guess what? Even demons believe and they shudder. Demons believe in God, but their belief does not influence their actions. The key lies in the connection between belief and action. Do your actions, my friend, demonstrate a deep reverence for God? I want you to take your time and think about that question. Do your actions demonstrate a deep reverence for God? It is crucial to gain perspective before we move forward, right? Just, just ask yourself, think about it. Do my actions demonstrate a deep preference for God? Now, let's move forward. But before I move forward, I need to emphasize one thing. The fear of the Lord is only the beginning of wisdom. Why? Because many say that because they obey the Lord, they fear him. This is not true. It is possible to obey somebody without truly loving them. One can fear and obey a tyrant or dictator without believing they are genuinely good. Right? While fearing the Lord may lead to obedience, it does not guarantee love 
or a relationship with him. That is why knowing the Holy One, it signifies a relationship, the word knowing, meaning relationship with Jesus brings insight. Again, let me be clear. We are called to fear the Lord, but this fear, when combined with genuine relationship with him, completes our wisdom. If we truly love God, and I'm talking to you, my friend, if you say you truly love God, you will not only abstain from wrongdoing, but you will also actively seek to please him. You will devote your life to him and find joy in his commandments to you. Think about this. Is it not always easier to serve someone that you love? Do you not make the person that you love the center of your attention? Can I ask you another question? How easy is it for you to love someone you do not know? It's difficult, right? How can you love someone you don't even know? It's virtually impossible. Before you fall in love with someone, you need to get to know them first, their likes, their dislikes. And as you continue to know them, you start to fall in love with who they are. Is, it not, is this not the case? Right? For those who are married, is this the case how you started to date your spouse, get to spend time with them, get to like them, then you grew to love them? That's always the case. Another question. How is it, how easy is it for you to trust the advice of someone you do not know or have a relationship with? Now answer me that one. It's difficult, right? It is very difficult, especially if the advice will mean that you make drastic changes to the way you live. So now, let us approach God and wisdom in the exact same way. A love relationship. You do not know God. You do not know what he likes. You do not know what he dislikes. And you're not even sure that he exists. Father, you do not take the time to get to know him or even understand his ways. You do not want to spend time with him. And perhaps if you do, you do it in secret because you do not want to be labeled as spirit. You know, this person who is so God, God, everything. Because you get embarrassed by him and being known to be in a relationship with him. So you hide your relationship with Christ. Now, the time has come that you are in dire straits and you wish to call upon the name of the God who you are embarrassed of. To help you out of the mess, you yourself got yourself into. So, here you are, stuck. So you start to pray. You actually start going to church every Sunday. You even fast. Simply because you are in a desperate space. Now, imagine this with the context that I gave that you're in a love relationship. Right? You are now pushing a stranger you do not know 
to share his secrets with you for your own benefit. Whereas when things were good, you never paid him much attention. This is how we treat God. We go to him as though he's a magician. He's there to meet our needs, right? But the God I serve is a God of relationships. He wants us to have a relationship with him. Again, after all, why are you asking him for wisdom and yet you're embarrassed? He's an embarrassment to you. In such a situation, I, I really do not think that God will answer you. And if he does, let's assume that he answers you. How sure are you that it will even be the voice of God and not you speaking to yourself? Why? Because you have no experience discerning the voice of God. Any stranger will come and speak and you will be quick to big and run with it because you thought you had God. My friends, do not be fooled. God is not mocked. I'm also very grateful that God is not a man because if he was, we would all be finished. So you may be wondering, why am I saying all these things? What does that have to do with wisdom? Well, this is what I'm leading to. I'm trying to get you to a place where you can start to know God, have a relationship with him, and then ask him for wisdom, and he will be more than happy to share it with you. When you're friends with somebody, when you have a relationship with someone, it is easier for them to help you because they know you, they like you, and perhaps they even trust you. The Lord says, ask and it shall be given to you. If you want to receive the wisdom of God, start by getting to know him by reading his word, the Bible. From this manual, you will also get all the titbits you need to navigate life. The word of God is the manual for living. I used to joke and say that I wished that life would come with a manual. How foolish was I? Because what I didn't know is that actually life did come with a manual. I grew up in a Christian family and one of the main books in our home was a Bible. However, I only picked it up. I only picked it up during Sunday school, pastoral program, or, or the CRE classes, which are the Christian religious education classes. My friends, let me tell you from experience, there is no better book to read than the Bible. Where some of the stories contained therein are far better than fiction. And guess what? They are all true. That's what makes them even sweeter. You even start wondering what people lived, how? It is a wonderful, wonderful book. It's a wonderful manual for living. The words of wisdom and insight that are all that are contained there are so refreshing. Why don't you go ahead and try it? And then after you do, please be sure to let me know what your experience is or was. Now, another way, apart from reading the word of God, that one can get wisdom is through revelation by the Holy Spirit. Now, the Holy Spirit is what Jesus left for us when he went to heaven to be with the Father. The Holy Spirit does not help everyone. He has feelings, he has emotions, right? He only helps those who have accepted Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord over their lives. Right? Remember the disciples? He said, 
Jesus said to them, when this P, the spirit comes, the spirit of truth, he will lead you into all truth, all wisdom. Wisdom lies in the bracket of truth. So when he comes, he will descend upon certain people and they will have given their life to Christ. At this time, when you have accepted Jesus, you would then pray for the Holy Spirit to come and dwell in you and be your helper and your comforter. And then he will lead you into all truth. The Holy Spirit searches the mind of God. Imagine that you have this friend, this companion, who has the ability to search the mind of God and then download and share all that wisdom and insight from the mind of God with you. Why would you not want such a thing? Why? It baffles me. Because the power that the Holy Spirit comes with, you will be able to read the Bible and get revelation. You'll get to understand what God is saying. You'll have wisdom for living. Your life will be so much better because you don't have to keep thinking about every solution to life's problems because that will be the role of the Holy Spirit to give you solutions on how to navigate life. Why would you not want this? I think this is a good time to ask if you would like to receive Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior of your life. I mean, think about it. Think about the things that I have said. How wonderful to have a friend, a companion who is with you 24 hours a day to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior so that you stop struggling and trying to figure out all this life by yourself. I assure you, if you receive Jesus Christ, it will be by far the best decision you will have made in your life. And those who are listening to me and are ready to receive Christ, please repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I know that I am a sinner and there's nothing that I can do to save myself. I confess my complete helplessness to forgive my own sin or to work my way to heaven. I choose to trust in Christ alone as the one who bore my sin when he died on the cross. I believe that Christ did this all so that I may be able to stand in God's holy presence. Jesus, I thank you because I believe you were raised from the dead. And this is a guarantee for my own resurrection. As best as I can, I now transfer my trust to you. Receive me. I am grateful that you have promised to receive me despite my sin and my many, many failures. Jesus, I take you at your word. Thank you for the assurance that you will walk with me through the deep valley. Thank you for hearing this prayer. 
and welcoming me into your family. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen and amen. Amen and amen. We are so excited. I am so excited for you. My friend, this is by far the best decision you have made in your life, especially at the beginning of 2024. If you have a church that you are attending, please make sure that you go to the leadership and let them know of this new beginning in Christ. I am truly excited for you. And now that you have decided that you are a follower of Christ, and that he is truly your source, then trust that he will show up for you. You can now start to engage freely with God, more through his word and through prayer, and he will give you the wisdom that you have been seeking. When times get very difficult, call a covenant sister or brother, or feel free to reach out to us and we will stand with you and pray for you. Remember, God works through men to other men. And when I say men here, I mean humanity. I assure you, my friend, wisdom will start to be your portion in the name of Jesus. In closing, let me tell you a short story. Now, there was this man who was given a, a, a tour of heaven in a dream. And as the tour came to, the, to an end, he noted a particular building that was skipped over. The angel of the Lord warned that he did not want to see that building. You can imagine when someone tells you, you don't want to see that. Imagine you don't want to see that. What does that do? It heightens your curiosity. So the man's curiosity was heightened and the angel showed him building. And guess what? This building was filled with beautifully wrapped presents. When the man asked what these were, the angel answered, these were gifts God had prepared for his children that were never claimed in prayer. My friends, as I sign off, remember that trials demand wisdom. Wisdom demands prayer. And prayer demands faith. Thank you for listening to Peace Be Still with your host, Jerry Moshono. I hope you enjoyed our discussion today on wisdom for living. As I sign off, I would like to speak into the situation that you are going through right now where you need wisdom, the wisdom of God. Father, by your mercy and grace, I ask that you give all my listeners the wisdom they desire at this particular time. Lord, where there is stubborn, I declare in the matchless name of my Lord Jesus Christ, peace be still.